it was really good to hear from Matthew, Mel, and Callum there about the intern program, and uh, wonderful just to see um, how Mel and Callum have given themselves voluntarily during this year and have got stuck into all sorts of different sorts of ministry, uh, serving among us in all sorts of different ways. Uh, it's really encouraging to see that, and Matthew has led that program. It's the first time we've done it as a church. It's been really exciting, and it's been really, really good to see that happening. So I just want to echo the, the thanks, and also just to say that um, do please think and pray, or perhaps someone who, whom you know, um, who is a follower of Christ, who is 18 and above, and uh, would like to enter into service in all sorts of different ways uh, starting in September time. Uh, we'd love to hear from you or from them. Uh, you may feel it for yourself. Um, you think, well, actually, I've got energy. I've got time. I sense the Holy Spirit uh, moving in me about this. Uh, you, you may have taken early retirement. Uh, you may have time in your hands. Uh, you may not be working, um, whatever. And uh, we'd love to hear from you if that's something that you would like to do. I'd love us to start continuing the theme of hands by, by looking at our hands. So uh, you could humor me for a moment, please, and just, just have a look at your hands. And uh, you're probably fairly familiar with them. And uh, the reality is they're, they're always changing. They've changed a lot over the years. Uh, the reality is, and... and you know, it's, it's one of those things that just sort of seems to be the way it is. Uh, little babies quite often have their little fists clenched tight. And if we put our little hand or finger in front of them, uh, if we'd have done that as a child, then probably quite often we'd have, just gra we'd have grabbed hold of the little finger and a surprisingly tight grip whenever it comes to a little baby's tiny fingers going around your hand. And as time went on, we may have grasped on to other things. It might have been rattles, uh, toys, uh, the hand of a parent uh, or a teacher. Um, and again, as time went on, it might have been the handlebars of a bike that we gripped onto. And throughout our lives, we, we have very useful implements for clutching on to things. And sometimes when we go through life in terms of our work, the work Life can sometimes feel a bit like climbing the rungs of a ladder, and you're sort of just grasping on and hanging on for dear life to that job uh, that you have. And there's nothing wrong with the, the physical ability we have. It's a wonderful thing to be able to hang on to things. But it also reflects something about our, our fallen nature in that we have a tendency as human beings who have, have purposely stepped away from the presence of God. We talked about that looking at Genesis uh, chapters 3 and following, that sometimes we have a tendency for the sake of security to actually wrap ourselves around things, to, to clutch on to things. And it reflects really our ability to clutch onto things physically. Sometimes we can just wrap our lives around things and, and clutch onto them. So I don't know what you 
physically spend your time clutching on to most these days. Maybe it's a steering wheel. Maybe it's a computer mouse. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a baby. Um, maybe it's a set of golf clubs. Maybe it's gardening tools. I don't know what it is. But perhaps when we're doing that, uh, we can reflect on, well, what is my life surrounding? Am I, am I clutching on to anything with my life? During the 12th century, at the time of the Crusades, whenever mercenary, many mercenary soldiers were hired to go to the Middle East, to go to Jerusalem and fight on behalf of the, what was seen as a religious cause. And those mercenaries were commanded by their commanding officers because it was seen as a religious war to be baptized whether they liked it or not. But interestingly, many of those mercenaries, whenever they were baptized, they held their sword out of the water because they didn't want their most prized possession to go onto the waters of baptism with them. They didn't want the thing they were going to use to kill people to go onto the waters of baptism with them. How different are our human hands that clutch and grasp and hold and claw to the hands of God? Psalm 145, verse 16, the wonderful line that says about God, you open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. It's a, it's a wonderful picture or metaphor of the character of God, of God having an open hand by which he satisfies the desires of every living thing. It's interesting that in terms of if we ever look at stained glass windows in churches that you will see Jesus Christ with open hands. And the reality is that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit show us what it means to live open-hearted, open-handed, generous lives. And so as we looked at for the last number of months in the last series, we, we recognized again that God the Father who fashioned everything with beauty and vastness and intricacy then handed it all over to us for us to enjoy and to take care of as we, as we reminded ourselves of. He gave it to us to say, you rule over that which is mine. And so we have this wonderful stewardship role. And then Jesus, God the Son, moving among us and seeing our need, he moved among us with open hands. And so he reached out and touched people whom no one else would touch. He healed people. He fed people. He freed people. He gave to people. He blessed people. He blessed children. And then on the, when it came to approaching his death, Jesus voluntarily opened his hands, opened his arms, and embraced death so that we could live and took upon himself all of the sin, all of the brokenness, and all of the rubbish so that you and I could go free. 
He didn't clench his fist in anger or shake his fist in anger at those who were going to kill him. Instead, he opened his hands, opened his arms, and gave himself freely. And another wonderful truth in Scripture is the fact that God the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, Jesus says to us, if anybody comes to me, then they'll be received with open hands and open arms. I will not turn away anybody. Everybody. So the Holy Spirit, whom we, we are encountering God by the Holy Spirit, and so when we cry out to God and say, God, help me. God, forgive me. God, show me you're real. As we come to him, God says, welcome. His hands are open. His arms are open to us. We have a God who is a wonderful, loving, heavenly father who loves to be liberal and to be generous with his children. He loves to give good gifts to his children. He loves to bless us. So I want to take you, you and me again, just to have an hour look at your hands. And I wonder, do you want your hands to become more like God's hands? Because the reality is, God wants to change your hands and my hands. And the wonderful thing is he can change our hands. But the Bible tells us the way he changes our hands is by first of all changing our hearts. There's a wonderful passage in uh, Luke chapter 19 about a heart and a set of hands that Jesus transformed. The hands belong to a man called Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. If you work for HMRC, this is not a personal illustration for you. It's just that in the New Testament, tax collectors tended to, let's say, put something onto the counter every time something came to them. We don't know what Jesus and Zacchaeus talked about over dinner, but I wonder if what Jesus said to Zacchaeus went something like this. Zacchaeus, the thing that your heart longs for, the thing that you long for more than anything else, you will never have so long as what you're clutching onto, you don't let go of. There's something, Zacchaeus, I can recognize that you long for. And there's only one way you're going to find it. And that's by opening your hands. You see, Zacchaeus had learned to have a vice-like iron grip. He, he knew how to hold on to things and to hold on to them hard. He had even learned how to wrench things out of other people's grip. But by doing that, he discovered that actually he had nothing. We don't know exactly what Jesus said to Zacchaeus, but what we do know is what Zacchaeus said. And he, he stands up, I imagine this is the way I picture it, and he says to not just Jesus, but I'm sure the others who were dining with them, and he says, look, Lord, here and today, I give half my possessions to the poor. 
And if I have cheated anybody, then I will give them back four times what I've cheated them. And what did Jesus say? Today, salvation has come to this house. And how did Jesus know? He saw open hands, he saw an open heart, and he said, God has come into this situation. Sometimes I think as followers of Jesus Christ, we, we can compartmentalize things into that which we think is, is purely spiritual and that which is physical. And then we can think, well, actually, there's certain things that God's interested in, and there's certain things that God's not interested in. He's interested in prayer. He's interested in Sunday services. He's interested in worship. He's interested in whether I swear or not. He's interested in how much I drink. Uh, but he's not interested in the rest of the stuff. He's not interested in work or money or possessions or anything else. The Bible, the Bible says more about money and possessions than it does about faith or prayer. In fact, faith and prayer combined. And Jesus spoke more about money than he did about heaven or hell. There's a wonderful moment, an unusual moment in Mark chapter 12. We have called it, the, it's the giving of the poor widow. And it says that Jesus brings his disciples into the temple courts. And there was a, a big treasury box where you could come and you could place your gift into the treasury box. And Jesus purposely went over beside where the treasury box was and he sat down. And he watched what was happening. And he watched all the people come, and he watched to see who came, and he watched to see what they gave. And then he turned around to his disciples, and he gave them an object lesson and said, you see what you've seen today? You've seen a woman who has actually trusted God. You've seen a woman who has been generous towards God because she trusts who God is. That is what worship looks like. That's what trust looks like. That's what generosity looks like. See, here's the thing. God is really, really interested in what we do with our money and what we do with our possessions. So much so that God the Son took a seat opposite where people gave and told the disciples to, pick up, to take up a seat because we're going to learn something about God in this situation. Here's the thing. You may have all the passwords in the world, but God has access to all of your accounts. God knows everything that you own, even in those offshore accounts. God knows absolutely everything. I was particularly challenged. I've been, the Lord challenges me frequently in these things, and I was challenged towards the end of 2018 about my level of generosity or my lack of generosity. And not long after that, I shared that with 
the select vestry, and I said, I'm going to tell you what the Lord's been saying to me, and I want to ask you to go away and pray about it and see what the Lord's saying to you. I'm delighted that over the months, I believe that uh, the, the giving from those who have been in the select vestry uh, over the last uh, six months or whatever has, has greatly increased. And the generous giving towards the ongoing work of the kingdom of God in this place has increased significantly. And I, th- I think it's really important for us to start this series by Give Your Head Peace, in which we're going to start looking at solitude and silence and prayer and how do, we, how do we move into that place, that sweet place of fellowship with God on a continuing basis? How do we constantly live with a wonderful sense of the presence and power of God in our lives every moment? And I've been challenged over these last number of weeks in realizing the fact that actually where the Bible starts is not necessarily where I thought it started when it comes to peace of mind. The Bible starts with generosity. The Bible starts by saying, do you want peace of mind? Then open your hands. Do you want peace of mind? Then stop clutching on to things. Do you want peace of mind? Then open your hands and open your heart and you will discover what true riches look like. In Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus says that we can't serve both God and money because either we'll We'll love the one and hate the other or we'll despise the one and be devoted to the other. Jesus says you can't serve both God and money. And you want to hear the next verse? Therefore, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your clothes, what you will wear. Is not your life more important than food, your body more important than clothes? The fact is, as we read Scripture, as we read the teaching of Jesus, generosity and peace of mind are completely intertwined. So as we start this series about give your head peace, the place the Bible tells us to start is with how we generous with our possessions, with our money, with our time, with our love. That's the place God says that we start whenever we want to discover what true riches are like. And when Jesus was, over these last several months, there's been a sense of God's presence, God's peace, the Holy Spirit, moving among us in increasingly powerful ways. And many of you have spoken to me about how you can sense God on the move in our lives. So that's why I think this is really important for us. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, that if we want to have true riches... And this is 
in Luke 16, verses 10 to 13, if we want to have true riches, then the thing that will make, the, the thing that determines that, Jesus says, is how we handle worldly wealth. So if you want more of the Holy Spirit, if you want more of the riches of heaven, Jesus says, well then, show yourself trustworthy with physical things. Because if you show yourself trustworthy with physical things, then Jesus says, I will give you true riches. And what are those true riches? Well, surely it's the presence of heaven and earth. Surely it's the presence of God. And what does that look like? It looks like love. It looks like joy. And it looks like peace. Do you want to have peace? Jesus says, have an open set of hands and an open heart. Those wonderful verses that we heard today from, from the Apostle Paul. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. And then he goes on to speak about the fact that as we reap generously, we discover that God is a God of abundance and that in every place, on every occasion, at every time, if we seek to be like God, if we seek to have hands like God's, we will discover the fact that actually we have an absolute abundance. And we will be thoroughly equipped for every good work that God has called us to do. That's what the riches of heaven look like. Living a life in which we sense the presence of God at all times. We know what it is he's called us to do. We know that he's equipped us to do it. And we know that in it, we have the love and the joy and the peace of God. And we also have a newfound effectiveness in what God has called us to do. So, this week, here's what I'd love you to do. I'd love you not just to read your Bibles, I'd love you to read your bank statements. And between you and God, I want you to ask the question in prayer to the one who owns everything. Does my bank statement say generous? Or does it say the opposite? And as Paul says, the matter is entirely between you and God. That each one of us should give what we've decided in our hearts to give, not on a compunction, not because we feel pressurized, but simply because we just want to do it. Because the right motivation is to say, you know what? I want to have hands like Jesus Christ. I want to have hands like God. Because when we do that, not only will we have hands like God, but we will have a heart like God, and we will be flooded with the peace that passes all understanding that this world cannot give. But God can give it. Shall we stand?